You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. On the eve of an already contentious Senate hearing for a nominee to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, the chief judge of that court is asking Chief Justice John Roberts to have another circuit court investigate just how that seat became vacant. Following a New York Times report that Senator Mitch McConnell had been contacting appellate court judges nominated by Republican presidents to urge them to retire, the organization Demand Justice requested an investigation into whether McConnell had persuaded D.C. Circuit Court Judge Thomas Griffith to open his seat for McConnell's 37-year-old protege, Judge Justin Walker. Joining me is Carl Tobias, professor at the University of Richmond Law School. So, Carl, how unusual is it for the chief judge of a federal appeals court to ask the chief justice for an investigation? It is unusual, but Judge Srinivasan is being very cautious because, of course, Justin Walker would be a colleague on the same court. And I think that's the reason he's asked Chief Justice Roberts to reassign this to another judicial circuit. It has happened before, you might remember, with the then Chief Judge of the Ninth Circuit in the last decade or so. That's the only instance I can remember. Of course, then the Chief Judge decided to ask the Chief Justice to not have the Ninth Circuit undertake an investigation. So that's exactly what happened there. I think it was assigned to the Third Circuit. And I assume Chief Justice Roberts will do the same here in this situation. Still, it's an important inquiry. And really, it's not so much about Judge Griffith, who was assuming senior status on the D.C. Circuit, but rather whether the majority leader, McConnell, has somehow crossed an ethics line and suggested that Judge Griffith and others retire early or right away so that President Trump can nominate replacements. Wouldn't it be a violation of judicial ethics as opposed to Mitch McConnell, I don't know what the violation would be there. Well, I think that, that someone in the Senate, and certainly the majority leader, cannot pressure, for example, uh, someone who's on the bench to change his or her status. But you're correct that if something were promised to a federal judge, in terms of retirement or assuming senior status uh, by someone who is in the Senate, uh, then and the, the judge um, acceded to that, then that would raise serious questions. Um, we'll have to see. It was relatively short notice, but again, we'll have to see what the investigation shows. Chief Judge Srinivasan said he made the ruling without investigating the question that had been raised. Will Chief Justice Roberts definitely assign this to another circuit court for an investigation, or might he take it under advisement and then decide not to? My sense of what he's done in the past is that he, uh, as with the Ninth Circuit and in other similar situations, is more likely to send it along to another circuit uh, and have its judicial counsel then move forward on the complaint as it would with any other complaint. Uh, And so I think it's unlikely, it's possible, but 
more likely he'll uh, send it along to some other circuit, maybe the second, maybe the third, or any other circuit council around the country. The nominee, the Trump nominee, actually he hasn't been nominated yet, has he, Carl? So the Trump nominee, Justin Walker, is a protege of McConnell's, whom the ABA found unqualified for his current seat on a district court in Kentucky, where he's only served about six months. Did he jump the line, so to speak? Did he leapfrog over other candidates? Yes, but the Senate has been doing this throughout Trump's administration. With the 51 appellate court nominees confirmed, they have leapfrogged and take precedence over the district court nominees. That's why we have 74 district nominees and have had as many as 150 during the Trump administration because they focus like a laser on the appeals courts and have now only one vacancy left out of 179 judges. And so we shouldn't be surprised. The fact of the matter is 20 people have been nominated before Walker for the D.C. Circuit, and he's leapfrogged all of them. But that's a priority that the majority leader can set in running uh, the Senate. And he's done that with a vengeance throughout Trump's administration. The Washington Post reported that the White House was considering Walker for the seat long before Griffith announced retirement. Well, it's certainly possible. Leonard Leo is the legal advisor on judicial selection to the president, who was executive vice president uh, and still co-chair of the Federalist Society. And he has enormous influence in this administration, especially on appellate court and Supreme Court appointments. And so it shouldn't be surprising that this has gone on. And apparently, Senator McConnell took Judge Walker over to meet with the president before he was nominated. And again, that's not usually done, but Senator McConnell thought it was a good idea. I've been talking to Professor Carl Tobias of the University of Richmond about the chief judge of the D.C. Circuit asking the chief justice of the Supreme Court to ask another circuit court to investigate allegations that Senator Mitch McConnell pressured a federal circuit court judge to retire early. So you said that Senator McConnell has been laser-focused on the appellate courts. He's also been laser-focused on the D.C. appellate court. Explain why that court in particular is focused on, and are the nominations there especially partisan in an already partisan time? The answer is yes. The reason is, and everyone considers it to be the second most important court in the country, because of the kinds of cases it gets, on the one hand, which are critically important. Half of the docket is administrative appeals, and they often involve decisions with the EPA or FDA or federal agencies uh, that have consequences, billions of dollars, public health, safety, and welfare kinds of issues that have enormous consequences for uh, businesses and individuals in the country. Secondly, it's been the springboard uh, for many uh, recent uh, and past appointees to the U.S. Supreme Court. Most recently, of course, uh, Justice Kavanaugh, but before him, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, Justice Scalia, uh, and many uh, others. And so for all those reasons, uh, it is considered to be 
an extremely important court. Presently, I believe out of the active judges, there are quite a few more judges appointed by Democratic presidents than Republican presidents. And so it would be helpful. But again, here it won't change that balance, which I believe is 7-4, because you're replacing a sitting Republican appointee, Judge Griffith. Though, again, Walker's 37 or 38, and Judge Griffith is in his 60s. So Walker, of course, if confirmed, would serve probably 30, 40 years. So Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee have blasted the upcoming hearing tomorrow, said that now is not the time to process routine judicial appointments, and they've asked for a delay until the panel can address issues related to the pandemic. Is that likely to go over with the uh, Senate Judiciary Chair? It hasn't so far. Um, They haven't formally announced the names of the nominees for tomorrow's hearing uh, when last I checked. But the letter went from, I think, all Democratic members of that committee last week to Senator Graham, the chair, asking him to postpone it and then listing a whole number of coronavirus-related issues that the committee could and should take up. And there has been no response. Uh, except the posting uh, a week ago, or last Wednesday, saying there would be a hearing on nominations. And so there are alternative uh, and much more pressing issues than confirming uh, nominees. So Democrats are concerned about that, but Graham has not been very responsive to their requests. There are some nominees to fill district court spots, which McConnell hasn't spent that much time on. So tell us about the new nominees for the district court spots. Well, there are many, and they're all around the country. Um, as I said, he leapfrogged 20 or so who are uh, waiting to be uh, processed um, and to have their hearings and committee votes. Uh, they're from everywhere. Um, they're especially important are uh, more than a, something around a dozen or so from California, which has 17 district court emergencies, and the administration has yet to confirm one of those. So that's an example. Um, I believe there are 10 on the, or more on the central and southern district of California who uh, are awaiting hearing, uh, some nominated as long ago as 2018. And so that's a classic example. Uh, but yesterday they sent over to the Senate two nominees for New York vacancies uh, who are well qualified. Uh, and uh, there have been others from, from different parts of the country, someone from Alabama, some uh, one I think in Mississippi uh, to replace Judge Wilson, who's been nominated to the Fifth Circuit. Uh, And so they're from all around the country, uh, and many of them would uh, fill emergency vacancies. So it would be valuable to have their hearings and move them through if possible. Uh, And still, there are a whole number, like in the 35 or so seats that don't have any nominees at all. 
So are these nominees, the district court nominees, are they nominees that will fly through because Democrats and Republicans will agree on them? Uh, I think a number of them are ones, as we've talked many times before, all of the emphasis has been on the red state nominees and vacancies and very little on the blue state. New Jersey has six emergency vacancies, no nominees in the entire Trump administration. Washington state has five emergencies out of seven vacancies, uh, only two active judges there. Um, California situation I mentioned, um, Massachusetts. There are just a number of these blue states. Uh, and so it would be valuable if Trump were to nominate for those vacancies and then Senate to move them through, though the GOP talks a lot about regular order in the Senate, but it doesn't follow regular order, as Justin Walker's hearing exemplifies. And so that's the real problem. Uh, whether there'll be time to, to reach the nominees for blue states before um, the election is not clear. I mean, for example, the two uh, New York nominees from uh, yesterday, I believe, for the Southern District. Um, I think both would fill emergency vacancies, but um, they'll be at the back of the queue uh, in terms of the hearing, committee votes, floor votes. But can you blame the senators from those states as much as anyone else for the delay in the district court nominees? No, because I think senators like uh, those from New York, Gillibrand and Schumer, Harris and Feinstein from California have worked very closely with the White House to offer up well-qualified mainstream nominees, but the White House has been very slow to move on those. Thanks, Carl. That's Carl Tobias of the University of Richmond Law School. 